hope I do the work of the Lord the way he wants it to be done today, man. So God is good. So if you can just bear with me today, we're going to try to get through some, uh, some scripture and just talk about what God wants to talk about today, man, what I feel in my spirit, amen. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. And then we'll read a few verses there, and then we'll go to Exodus chapter 3. All right, praise God. Brother Noah, thank you. Good. Amen. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burden. Then he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian, and he hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? Then he said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. Anyone say dwelt. Now I'm going to jump over to verse 21. Then Moses was content to live with the man. So I just skipped a little passage. I just talked about him being in the, the land of Midian and helping the daughters of a priest that therefore caused him to go in and eat with them. And so now he's living at this man's house, the priest of Midian. And so it says that Moses was content to live with the man. Anyone say content. And he gave Zipporah his daughter to Moses, and she bore him a son. He called his name Gershom. If he said, for he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Then I'm going to jump down to Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read 10 verses. Amen. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw, not, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, the, moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, but he was afraid to look upon God. And then, oh, and the Lord said, that I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hezites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites, Two more verses, stay with me. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the, the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. 
Amen. I know that was a lot of verses, but it was just to give you context so we can go back in. You kind of have a gist of the whole thing as we go into it. Amen. So if you can just go ahead and close your eyes, bow your head, do whatever you feel like, throw your hands up or keep them by your side. Father, we thank you for this moment today. God, thank you for getting us through this long day, God, with work and everything else going on in our lives. But God, that you brought us here today, tonight, God, to hear a word from you, to receive a word from you, God, to be encouraged, to be edified, to be challenged, oh God. So Lord, I pray that you speak to us today. Move in this mist, God, and let us understand what you are wanting to say and wanting to do today, that your will may be fulfilled, God, and lives will be changed. People will be stirred up in the fire of the Holy Ghost, God, and your will will be fulfilled today and forevermore, God. So have your way with us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So you can take your seats. Just don't fall asleep on me, please. Amen. <laughs> I'm not as uh, crazy or radical as some. I mean, maybe one day in Jesus' name, who knows? But we're going to get into the word. Amen. So, so far, we're talking about Moses, okay? He's a key character in this passage. So, Moses, obviously, if you go a little bit back, it's just like a chapter before, which is Exodus 1. You learn about Moses, okay? He was a baby that was born, and he was looked upon and said, this baby is special. This ba there's something about this baby. And so, Pharaoh was trying to kill all the, the baby, all the males, because they were growing rapidly. And he said, no. If they keep growing and they get too big and they'll outnumber us, they're going to take over and destroy us. So out of fear, he said, let's kill all the males so they can't reproduce anymore. But let them keep the females because we can have those for ourselves. So what happened was the mother said, no, this one is special. I'm going to keep this one. and I'm going to find a way to save this baby. And so, you know, he put, she put um, him in a basket Right? That was needed. And she made it out of the, the reeds of the Nile River, put, her in the, put him in the water, and let him go down the stream, just hoping that he would not die but survive. And so, long story short, he would survive. The, the Pharaoh's daughter began to see and looked and said, this is a Hebrew child. But something about him caught her eye and said, I want to keep this baby for myself. So he did not die. So he was a miracle baby. Amen? And then it leads to the, the verse of 11 where we started with. And it said, now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. So if I can just say right there, Moses was destined. Moses was called. Moses was chosen. And God knew that and said, you know what? I'm going to keep this baby because I have a purpose in this life. And I'm going to use this, this child when he gets older. So I'm going to make a way for him to be saved. And so it goes on and skips this history of his life and just comes up to, now it came to those days when he was grown. He grew up. He matured. Now he was ready to do something for God. Amen. If I can just encourage us with that. God's seen every single one of us before we were even born. So that when we were born, God said, that's one that I want to be in my church. That's the one that I want to bring part of my body. He said, that's the one. And I'm going to save that one. I'm going to keep that one. From the hands of who? 
Pharaoh, which we know Pharaoh is a symbolic person of the enemy, of the adversary. So when he looked at us, he said, I'm going to save you from the enemy. I'm not going to let the enemy get you. I'm not going to let the enemy destroy you because I have a reason for you. So what does it mean then when, I come to, when it comes to past and we have grown? Does that mean when we have grown up to be an adult? No, not necessarily. But it's talking about when we have grown in the spirit. When we have prayed, some of us have been here. We've endured some things. You've been praying. You've been reading the Bible. You've been studying. You begin to serve and you begin to work in the church and help reaching the souls in the world. You're laboring with God because you have grown. You have matured. There may be some that maybe are not matured yet. Maybe you're still new to the faith, young in the Lord. But yet there's going to be a time as you continue, you will grow. You will mature in the spirit through prayer, through word, and you'll start serving if you haven't, but you'll start to do it, amen? And so the point is, we will all get to a place where we have grown. Either we're there or we're not yet, but we're going to grow in the spirit to a place where you're going to say, you're going to look out and look at my brothers and sisters, look at the church and say, they're hurting. There's some struggles here. They're fighting with this. They have this pain, this hurt, this turmoil. They have this lost loved one. And I want to do something about it. I want to help them. I want to just find a way to encourage them or end that. Amen. And so you begin to serve. You begin to look for ways to help. Not even just the church. You can Take that out and say, you know, even the world, you start to see all the chaos and mess of the world and all the people that are, they're going through. You're like, man, I want to help them and bring them into the church to become my brother, to become my sister, right? Because that's what Jesus said. We should love that number, neighbor as thyself. That's not just only our brothers and sisters in the church. Yes, that is true, but also to anyone and everyone. So we get to that place and we grow. But then if you notice what happened, he he tried to do something about some issues, right? He tried to do something about the oppressions. He was, he was serving. He was working. He was doing things. And all of a sudden, something did not go right. Okay? It could be a number of things. But I'm just using this as a, uh, what do you can say, as a, just an example. I'm just trying to pull a meaning out of this to say, when we are doing something for God, we are trying our best to serve and to work. Yes, it's not killing a Hebrew. I know that. But the point is we're trying to do something to fight against the enemy to help somebody. Amen? To the point where something happens. Something not good happens. Something terrible can happen into your life. And so look what Moses, they said, I, Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. When Pharaoh heard this, he sought to kill Moses. So he said he fled from the face of Pharaoh. So sometimes something happens in your life. Maybe the enemy's attacking. Maybe the enemy's just bombarding you with things. Or maybe you're just going through a season of just terrible turmoil and disaster. Things that just are hurting you. But the enemy sees that and says, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get this girl. Right? Because he's afraid of what's going to happen with you. And so he's looking for a way to always get us. Amen? And so when he gets feared, he says, he flees. He takes off and he runs to median. Sometimes that's us. We do that. We get so afraid of something that happened and we're, we're scared of all the stress and the anxiety. Like Pastor was talking about the anxieties that we must cast. We get through this, this, this season of just, my God, help me. I don't know what to do. And you get afraid and you flee and you run to a place called median. But for us, this place can be called a place of contempt. Because he said in verse 21 that Moses was content 
to live there. And he dwelt there, meaning he started making his house there. He started making his life say, I'm going to be here for a while because I'm not going back there. And then when he got into a, a place to stay, he says, I'm going to be content here. So it's a land or a place of complacency, a place of content. Just like, you know what? I'm going through a lot. I'm struggling with a lot. I've been trying to serve God. I've been trying to do things for God. I'm trying to do things right. Now this stuff is going on in my life. I'm just going to slow down and run from this and say, you know what? I'm not going to pray as much as I used to. I'm not going to study as much as I should. I'm not going to fast as much as I should. I'm going to just try to be complacent. I'm going to be content a little bit because I'm just going through so much. I can't handle it anymore. I'm just going to come to church a little bit. I'm just, I'll just give my tithes. I'll do what's easy for now because I just, I want to be content. I'm tired of all the chaos coming after me. So I'm going to run and run from the enemy, run from the chaos, run from the, the craziness of life. Amen. And then, so when he gets this content and he feels that way, look what he says later in verse 22. He says, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. So he knows that he's a stranger. He says, I have been, means from the past up to now, I still believe I am a stranger here. That means I don't belong here. I know I don't belong here. So I want to encourage some of us, we need to have that understanding. And I believe some of us do. We understand, yes, I know I'm complacent. Yes, I know I'm not doing as much as I should. Yes, I know that there's more for me to do. But I'm not. And I know I'm not supposed to be here. I know I'm not supposed to be in this place of content. I know I'm not supposed to be in this place of, of stress and worriness. I know pastor said to cast my anxieties on God. I know I'm supposed to just go on. This too will pass. I know these things, but I'm, I just can't. I'm content because it's easy right now. And I don't want the pain anymore. I don't want to fight. Amen. So he's been this stranger, this foreigner. But then look at, now Moses, verse 1, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro and his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He was just tending the flock for, for years because that's what he started doing. And he was just went out there to do what he was always done. But then it says, and he led the flock to the back of the desert. Some translators say far into the wilderness or far into the desert. Just think about that. Instead of just being in his place of complacency and just keeping that border, that boundary, like I'm just going to stay here, he actually decided I'm going to go a little bit out further than normal. I'm going to step out a little bit more. Amen? And look what happened when he stepped out. It says, and then he went to the side of the mountain of God and an angel of the Lord, which as we know is God himself, appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. And then he calls him and says, Moses, Moses, he says, here I am. But that wouldn't have happened if he did not step out and go further. So for us that we are struggling or we're feeling overwhelmed or we're feeling stressed and we're feeling heaviness and chaos in our life or just feel like I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to battle. I just want to be complacent. I want to be just, just here in the in coasting. But if we step out like Moses, if we just say, you know what, I, I'm going to get up from this weariness. I'm going to get up from this tiredness. I'm going to get up from all this stress and turmoil and all this chaos going on in my life and all this hurt and pain. I'm just going to step up and I'm going to push this a little bit farther, a little bit further. God says, then you will encounter him. You will encounter a burning bush. 
And the powerful thing about the burning bush, it's a fire. What does God say? I'm a consuming fire. So that means if we step out and we push just a little bit more, I'm going to worship just a little bit more. I'm going to lift up my hands just a little bit higher. I'm going to pray just a little bit longer. I'm going to fast just one more day longer. I'm just going to push myself to go farther than the normal, than the complacency that I've been. I will encounter a fire of God. And if you do, it says you're going to get, it's going to be holy ground. There's going to be holy ground. So he says, take off your, your sandals because this is holy. But check this out. He didn't have to stay there. He could have just said, okay, forget it. It's holy. I'll just leave. I don't want to take off my sandals. But he didn't. And that's something we should take. When you encounter God, you're going to encounter a fire that is holy. And what that's going to do is it's going to consume you. And it's going to burn up everything that you've been going through. All of the chaos and turmoil and stress that you're facing, God can turn it around and burn it up and purify you. And not only that, but rekindle the flame that is in you to say, God, I want that fire again because we've lost it. We're just kind of mundane. But then if we get that encounter, God said, the fire is going to come and it's going to stir you up again. Then you have that burden again for the lost. You have that burden again for the kingdom. Then you'll be able to worship and when they're singing, worthy is the Lord. You'll be able to say, worthy is the Lord. Instead of just standing at the pew saying, worthy is the Lord, worthy is the Lord. But something will change in you to where you're going to bow and you're going to say, worthy is the Lord. And you're going to say, truly, there is no one greater, no one better than God. It will change you. Your perspective will change. You won't look at the stress anymore. You won't look at the anxiety anymore. You won't look at all the problems around you. Because now your eyes are on God, say, letting the fire consume you and ignite the flame again. Amen? That's what, and look what happens after that. So first, he had to step out of the complacency. First, he had to step out of stress and weariness. He had to make the decision to say, yes, I'm facing this. Yes, I'm going through this. I know it's not easy. Okay, hear me out. I know that your stress, your worries, your anxieties, things that you're facing on the day-to-day -day or just things that's happening in your life, your relationships, I know it's not an easy thing. I know I'm not just saying, well, just get up and move on. I'm not trying to say it like that. I know there's a time of, of mourning. I know there's a time to feel those pains and things, but I'm trying to encourage you to say, don't let that hold you down in the place of complacency. Don't stay in the land of Midian, but step out further and say, God, I know there's more. I know there's something I got to do because you saved me. You didn't let me die in the Nile River. You didn't let the enemy get me. So I can't do this to you because you are worthy of it, God. And now, look, so look, and he goes and he says, it's the holy ground, right? And then he says, I hear the cry of the, my people and I see their sorrows and I've come to deliver them. Well, it's the same for Moses. He says, I've seen your complacency. I've seen your inadequacies. I've seen it, but I came to deliver you. But also I came to deliver the people. Amen? I'm coming to save you from your pain and your agony and your stress. I'm coming to save you because, guess what? It's not only what you're going through. It's not only what you're facing right now. But God is saying, I'm going to deliver you from the world and bring you to heaven. The place that I'm preparing for you. I'm coming back for you. So yes, he's coming to deliver us and save us from all of our issues. But yet he's saying, I'm coming to save you for all eternity. Where there is no more pain. Where there is no more stress. Where there is no more tears. No more heartache. No more pain. So you'll be fully 
taken care of, amen? And so when he does that, look what happens. I'm going to bring you to the land of flowing with milk and honey, which is we talk about the heavenly place, right? But then look what he says. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Amen? I hope you're happy because it's not long, much longer. Amen? So if you could stand up with me. I just want to share a thought today. Amen? You can stand up with me. I'm about to be done right now. But listen to this. Listen to the end. Come now, therefore I will send you to Pharaoh. After Moses decided to step out and say, I'm going to go a little bit further than the normal. I'm going to step out and pursue God just a little bit more deeper. Then he had a burning experience that stirred him up again. And then when he got that stirred up, God told him what I want to do. And it was up to him to make that decision and say, I'll go or I'll stay in my complacency. Yes, I touched you. Yes, I had the fire shut up in my bones. But I'm going to go back and just be comfortable again. He had that option, but he didn't. He said, I will go. And before he even decided to really say, I will go, guess what happened? He started battling himself again, right? My low self-esteem, my low comments, I can't do it, God send somebody else. The enemy will come at you when you decide to make that step and say, God, I want that experience. I want to go deep. I want the fire shut up. He's going to come back at you and say, no, 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 you're crazy. You want all that stress again? You want to go through some pain again? Okay, he's going to bring that stuff up, but you just got to make that decision. It's okay because I know he'll be with me. And no, but check this out. At the end of that, you read the story. And it says that Moses began to go forth to Egypt and he did miracle signs and wonders. He caused the 10 plagues to happen. He parted the Red Sea and delivered the people of Israel. Now think about that. If he did not do the step to push further and get out of the complacency, get out of all the rest, he would have never been this person that went to deliver the people out of Egypt. Moses, if he never stepped out and said, you know what, I'm going to stay here and I'm not going to do too much. It's too crazy. It's too hard. He wouldn't even be in the Bible anymore. There will be no Moses. It would be somebody completely different. But because he stood up and said, I'm not going to let all the cares of this world and my anxieties hold me down and all the chaos, I'm going to step out because I know there's something more. And God is saying here, I want you. I don't want you to stay in complacency. I don't want you to stay in your stress and weariness. I don't want you to stay in the pain that you're feeling. I want you to trust me and get up and come to my holy presence and let me stir you up and heal you and deliver you and set you free and then send you to go Moses didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know that the miracles were going to happen through his hands. He didn't know he was going to deliver the whole nation out of Israel when all this was going on. But guess what? You and I don't know either, but we see this. We read it. We don't know our full life story in the future, but when we read this, you got hope that God says, it's you and I. I want to use you if you just come to me and let me heal you and change you and burn up the fire. 
then I will send you and you can do the miracle signs and wonders. You can lead people to Jesus. You can help the church grow and mature. You can expand the kingdom and further the kingdom, but you gotta pursue me and love me. You gotta allow me to change you. But if you don't, then you'll never be that person. Look at Mark, brother Mark Fletcher, brother Havner, great men that served, they loved God, they touched the presence of God, so they're remembered like Moses. They're here, they, we know their names, we know, they're never gonna, we're never gonna forget them. Why? Because they stepped out to say, I'm going to do the work of God. So they're remembered, amen? So I just want to tell you today with this last verse, I want to end this verse with this verse, 27, Psalms 27 verse eight. It says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said, Lord, your face will I seek. So God is saying that to all of us, seek me. Come to me with your weariness and heaviness. Come to me with the stress and anxiety. Step out a little bit further than what you normally do. Step out, seek me. And I just like plead with you to say, let your heart be so stirred that when you feel that call of God saying, come more, do more, push more, let go. Say, my heart, God, I will seek you. My heart, God, I will. And you come to him and you seek him and you press to him and seek his face. Amen. Because there's so much more for us, church. There's so much more that God wants to do with us. Uh, yes, we're in seasons sometimes that are not happy, that are not good. But God is saying, just hold on and just keep pushing. Don't stop. Keep pushing because there's a breakthrough coming. There's something I want to do with you like I did with Moses. Uh, you don't see it now, but Moses didn't either. He stepped out in faith and said, I'm going to push a little bit further. I'm going to go a little bit more. And I'll let you, oh God, determine what's the end result. Uh, if we could come with that same mindset, not worried about, okay, well, what's going to happen in my life? God, what are you going to do with my future? Just say, God, I trust you. And I'm going to allow you to do whatever you want to do with me amen so I encourage you to come to the altar and just seek the face of God and say Lord help me today help me God stir me with that fire let me encounter the fire of your burning bush let me experience it God let it stir me up let it awaken me again Lord the hunger and the thirst for you let it stir up in me a desire to see the lost saved let it stir up in me God to see people healed and delivered Lord let it stir up in me again Again. Awaken me, God, no matter what I face, no matter what I go through, Jesus. Help me, God. Touch me. Touch me today. I seek your face, oh God, to be changed and transformed forever. You got to push. Sometimes it's not easy. Moses just took a little step further. It wasn't something grand. It was in a desert. There was nothing there. There was no music, there was no lights, there was nothing, but he still said, I'm gonna go take my flock a little bit deeper and see what happens. So we don't have to expect something great. We don't have to expect something supernatural just to happen for the encounter with God. Amen, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God.